I mean, the profit margins in our industry are ridiculously low. We talk a lot in the industry about collaboration. Like, what does collaboration actually mean? I think sometimes there is mistrust between, like, people who are buying products and people who are selling products. Hello and welcome to Metro Insights, a show dedicated to the construction industry. It's our first show of the new year and it already looks set to be another very interesting 12 months. And our aim with this podcast, as always, is to bring the latest information and insights from a variety of industry professionals. And very, very much kicking us off in style this year, we're delighted to welcome Maria Coulter, aka the construction coach to the show. Maria, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for inviting me. Good to be here. Thank you. So as you know, we're going to be talking about, um, we'll touch on the industry as a whole, but um, we're going to put quite uh, quite a bit of focus on the SME contractors. But be, before we get into the, the questions, I think it'd be good for everybody to know uh, a bit more about you. So if you could just give us a, a bit of an overview on who you are and, and what you do. Okay. So I started in the construction industry when I was 16. So I did a, a BTEC in build studies like way back then. I th- originally thought that um, I wanted to be a joiner or something like that, as you do. Um, but I made the decision to do building studies. And then I did some work experience when they were building the Nissan car factory in Sunderland and fell in love with construction and, and also um, worked in the quantity surveying department. So I decided that I wanted to be a quantity surveyor. And that's what I did. So I became quantity surveyor I got chartered and then I became a project manager and a risk manager as well and then around about the time of the last recession 2008 I was working as a project manager I was working on some big projects which I absolutely loved but I think I really realized more than ever how tough the industry is especially in times of recession and the fact that in the past we've got these sort of boom and bust cycles that we tend to work through and you know when things are bad you know there's a lot of pressure on subcontractors on smaller businesses it's all about money driving the costs down there's a lot of fear and I just saw all of that being played out and and I felt like I had to be somebody that I wasn't as well I felt like there was a lot of pressure on me as a project manager and I actually had coaching myself just to try and sort of work through that a bit. And then that process made such a big difference, you know, really tapping into who I am and, and what my values are and what's important to me, that that actually led me to become a coach. So I independently trained to become a coach because I thought, we've got to do things a bit better than this. You know, we've got to, we've got to do business yeah. better. And I guess that value discovering my number one value is is fairness like that's the sort of backbone behind what I do now as a coach lovely okay well well thanks for that um and to be honest uh, some of the stuff that you've said there is a is a perfect segue uh into into the the first question as part of this discussion so if it's okay with you we'll just dive straight in um so going into this year um there was the, the industry was forecast to have an output drop of about 3.9%, which is what we heard from the Construction Products Association. 
And then we've also seen recently that between January to November of last year, uh, 4,076 construction firms went out of business. So undoubtedly, we're, lo we're looking at another challenging year. Um, but what's from, from your perspective as a coach, what's your take on that? And how do you see the year generally playing out? So I think they are definitely going to be challenging times. I mean, I was talking to a QS the other day. So he's got a business working with SMEs and micro businesses in like the commercial sector. And he was saying that, you know, things are slowing down a bit. Um, but I am a great believer. You know, I just I just think mindset is so important and looking at what you can control from a business point of view and you know, that's what I'm really encouraging people to do at the moment because it's about, you know, looking at your business um, and where you want to go and and building that mindset and that resilience to actually get you through because that's what's going to make the difference. Okay. Okay. Well, because you, you tend to, um, you focus on SME contractors more so. Um, yeah. So this year, how, what do you see as their key pain points or challenges getting to market? Um, I mean, I know a lot of them are struggling with the cost side of things, with mm. risk. So, you know, the, the fact that material prices have been rising, we've got inflation. I mean, I do think inflation is, is starting to come down and will come down more. Um, but there is a lot of risk. And also, it, you know, it's about the contracts that they're getting themselves into as well, because, you know, contractors do tend to try and pass the risk down to the SMEs and the micro businesses and the supply network. And I think they do have to be mindful of that and look at how they can mitigate their risk, protect themselves more, and also like push back as well. Okay. okay. I mean, before we, um, before we started actually recording, I'm, I'm going to catch you a little bit off guard here. So my apologies. But you you mentioned you use this term broken model. What did you what did you mean by that? Because that seems to tie into what you're talking about there. So we do have this kind of model, this pattern of how things have have gone and developed. So um, you know you've got the clients have got a certain budget. Quite often, their budget isn't realistic. So they're starting off the back foot already. Um, you know, I've certainly worked for clients in the past where it's like, well, this is how much we're going to pay. You've got to deliver it for that. So, you know, you, you start from that perspective. And then we've got um, contractors who, I mean, the profit margins in our industry are ridiculously mm. low. So, you know, you look at like the the top 10 or the top 100. I mean, I remember reading something in was either construction news or building magazine a while ago and I think the average and this is probably going back a few years but the average profit margin was actually in the negative <laughs> when you look when you when you added it all right. together it's like okay there's something not right here um and when you look at other industries and you know what what are the people other industries are doing and the type of profit margins that they're making like it's just it's just all a bit crazy. And then because um, contractors are then under pressure to really protect their profit margins, 
then obviously they're sort of pushing risk down into the the supply network and you know then the conversations start like oh can you just find 30 grand in your um in your in your tender and some subcontractors are getting savvy and they're really getting to grips with the cost and they're really getting to grips with their numbers and they're crunching the numbers and saying no we can't because that's like 30% of our profit yeah. margin like how can we grow our business how can we um grow a sustainable business if you're just telling us to to shave off 30 grand mm. um but it's the fact that those questions are being asked in the first place that you know is is part of it and then and then also you know there's there's hundreds of thousands of of micro businesses and SMEs in the industry, they make up the bulk of the industry. And they, you know, need to look at their business and, and how they're growing. And, and quite often they've got labor only um, people working for them and that's not necessarily being set up in the right way and um, they're at risk. So I just think there's a lot of, lot of areas that we need to focus on as an industry to to find a better way, and there are better ways of doing things. Okay, how do you, how do you see um, manufacturers and electrical wholesalers helping in that respect? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's I I don't know the that market probably detailed enough i know one of the challenges is that people aren't holding prices right. so i guess my question to you is like are they holding their price how long are they holding their price for um would be a question that i would put back to you okay i mean for i work in marketing so um i i just spend yeah. money <laughs> but um, yeah. but my my understanding is that the the, the one word i've heard over and over again, uh, seriously, since, since the pandem- pandemic started, is volatile and volatility. Um, it's been up yeah. and down, but mainly up. And um, holding prices has, it's always been a challenge. Um, and I think that's only going to continue to be a challenge personally. Um, so in, in all honesty, I actually can't answer that, but I will absolutely find out. Um and you know, as a as an addition to to this conversation, I'll certainly put something out in answer to that question from from people who are much more intelligent than me. So, yeah, because I think and and also I think it is about sort of building relationships as yeah. well, isn't it? And it's it's about kind of going back to the what can you control and what can't you control. Now, if people can't hold their prices, then I think. Um, you know, the subcontractors, they need to look at the contracting model that they're getting into as well. And, you know, how are fluctuations being dealt with? How much risk are they being asked to take on board? And how can they push that back to um, to their clients, basically? So, um, so I think there's things that they can do to sort of to take back a level of control rather than just accepting how things are but I think I think it is about 
having those conversations and building relationships with suppliers, I think is so important because it's understanding where that person is coming from and, you know, where this where the supply chain is coming from as well and and what what can be done and what can't be done. Um but also if also a subcontractor can see it from a manufacturer's perspective and vice versa, then you might be able to find a different way forward. And also I do think that quite often subcontractors and businesses are too reactive when it comes to suppliers. So they are like just flying by the seat of their pants sometimes and they're not being um they're not planning enough in advance so they're not saying okay so in you know a couple of months time this is what i'm going to need like these are the key milestones you know and i know a lot of businesses that i've worked with are guilty of that so they're literally just running around trying to get the right materials so i guess i guess the question is in this volatile market like what's the best possible outcome mm. and how do they, how could they potentially sort of find that by working together um, would be something that I would suggest. Yeah. I mean, I, I could not agree more. I mean, I haven't been in, in the industry as long. I've been in nearly seven years now. Um, and one thing that I've noticed from the very beginning is that everybody's very secretive. Nobody really wants to, nobody really wants to talk, um, which I find quite bizarre because of how integral we are and how vital we are to each other um and so i'm this is partly in fact this is the key driver behind this this very podcast and and what's led to this discussion um is that we're certainly at metpro we're trying to break down some barriers Um, obviously we're not going to give you all of our secrets we're mad to do that but you know to, to open the conversation and understand how we as an industry um can can work better together rather than just that you know we're a manufacturer and this is how we can work because we're just we're just um putting limitations i believe on ourselves at every level of the supply chain um w- would you agree that people just don't talk enough oh yeah totally um and and i think it is about it's about looking at the bigger picture it's about looking at the outcomes yeah. isn't it and you know we talk a lot in the industry about collaboration like what does collaboration actually mean i mean really it means like two people are coming together and it's about having a common outcome Mm. so you know suppliers want to and manufacturers want to get their products into into buildings and builders want to build them so they've got the same outcome right from the very beginning um so then it makes sense to think about okay so how can we actually make that happen and what are the right conditions absolutely to make that happen as well absolutely okay look it's um it's obviously we we obviously need to need to talk more and i think that's 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 a key point that we've um addressed and it's quite nice to 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 vocalize it um out of you know out of the confines of of, uh, of of the metro metro building so and to be fair we're seeing a lot more discussion taking place we which was um, quite heavily driven through uh, the pandemic because it needed to be. So, for example, the yeah. the uh, the EDA have held a number of webinars and continue to do so to keep people in the loop on what's going on uh, within the industry and you know the certain subsectors. And that's been incredibly important and so helpful. 
do you know what I think would be really useful and then that is the whole communication I think sometimes there is mistrust between like people who are buying products and people who are selling products that's interesting because yeah because I just think that there is a bit of a perception that some people think that suppliers are potentially jumping on the bandwagon of price increases and it's like what is actually driving those price increases where are those price increases coming from like people always want to understand why something's happening yeah and if they can understand why something's happening then they can accept it more like it's the same with any culture in any business in any organization in any industry people understand why something's happening they can start to get on board with that so i think if buyers can understand why the market is volatile why things are happening why prices are going up why prices can't be held i think that would make a difference because then it's about building trust that your suppliers got your best interests at heart and they're not just jumping on the bandwagon to make more money in this in this sort of environment that we're in yeah okay yeah that, that's it i mean we, i've never considered that um only because and i'm, I'm gonna sound so um biased so please for, forgive me but we've always been of the opinion at metpro that we you know we, we tell people even something as small as say small but you know your, your product's going to be late by a day we don't wait for the for the customer not to receive it and then and then tell us they haven't received it we're straight onto the phone to inform them and it's no different with price increases and when we were experiencing you know those colossal challenges within within um freight and there was there was no containers then there was too many and you've got covid going on in china now we're always trying to keep people informed but i've no doubt that there's there's better ways um of getting that information out to people um and we're always looking for, for new ways to for new ways to do it so that i mean that, that's something that we'll um we'll go and discuss and, and see how we can get those messages out to try and help people feel more or as comfortable as possible with with what we're sharing i suppose yeah i mean you know like that sort of looking ahead that market look mm. ahead like you know where where do you see things going in the next few months because if you think about it um people and part of the challenge that we've got now when this is all linked with the model like people are making decisions and pricing stuff that might not be finished for another couple of years so they're having to price stuff and this is where there is that risk and that danger of being tied into fixed prices and that's why people are saying don't don't get into a fixed price right now because it's madness because we don't know what's going to be happening because you we don't know where we're going to be in two years time so it's really hard to to fix a price um and you know i'm seeing people experiencing that now so they fixed a price two years ago with their clients they're building a house which is taken as long as it takes and then they're actually dealing with like the current sort of materials prices all the rises and everything and the volatility in the market but they haven't got any contractual mechanism to get any of that back from their clients right now so i think whatever information that you can give 
to help people plan ahead and look ahead um i think is is really important you know those like market insights what's impacting on the market where where do you think it is going to be going in the next few months from a um a supply potential you know i think is just really really useful for people right now okay yeah, I mean, we'll absolutely do do whatever we can. Um, like I say, we we're always trying, but we're always on the on the hunt for how we can improve uh, improve ourselves in every in every facet of what we do. Um, and you know, these insights or thought leadership, whatever moniker you want to give them, um, are incredibly important. They always have been, but they seem to be even more so now. And I've personally seen a big shift um, in the past twelve months really with people being very open to having some com- you know conversations like this and they're actively asking for the information and are genuinely sincerely appreciative of, of having a deeper understanding of exactly what's going on because that is i mean certainly the, the the way we take it is that's our job you know we're at this level we need to inform you as to what's going on why wouldn't we yeah, and I think that is the whole, you know, what's happening is really starting to emphasise that importance of building relationships and communication because in the past, when things are good and when you're kind of in the boom period, it's like, well, we might give you our business, we might yeah. not. You know, they've got that sort of power <laughs> ego trip going on, like, we've got the power now, like, we're in control, we might give you some business, we might not. And, you know, the situation that we're in now, it definitely it 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 reverses that but i think it's important not to not to retreat to like typical behaviors that we've done in the past and to to do what we can to to collaborate and support each other and um and not let the power go to our heads basically like whoever has the power at that time (laughs) okay well you've again you you seem to have nicely segued us into the next section um you know i think you found your calling with this um but uh we, we've talked about you know okay that the market looks like there's there's going to be a, a, a slight uh, a slight dip um there's obviously challenges it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be what it is without without them but what about opportunities because you've mentioned mindset quite a few times you're you're working with um you know, with, with SME contractors, they make, as you say, make up the largest portion of the industry. What do you see as being the biggest opportunities for SME contractors in 2023? I think they've got to get really clear on like what they're doing and why they're doing okay. it. Like, you know, I've literally just been doing a coaching session with somebody who, you know, has had a really challenging time and what I did in that session was got them to reconnect with why they're doing what they're doing and what their purpose is and getting them to think about that elevator pitch. Yeah. Because, and I think it's, it's about understanding, you know, why you do what you do. And I, and I, and I think because a lot of SMEs and micro businesses, like there is that person that, that founder of that business who did it for a reason and they might've forgotten why they started that in the first place like you just get bogged down by growing running a business being all over the place trying to wear lots of different hats like not getting a second to think about sort of where you're heading Mm. and why you're heading in that direction and I just think taking a step back and having a clear 
picture in your mind of right this is where I want to be in 12 months time this is what I want to achieve and this is why this is why I want to do it and you know reconnecting with with their business and and really working on their brand you know like the purpose of their brand like you know why should somebody buy from you like you know in when the market gets tougher and people do potentially start retreating back to their old behaviors you've got to give them something to to connect with mm. and to make a decision by and also i think really getting up to speed with what the market wants right now and what your clients want is super important so if you think about what's around at the moment you know we've got the construction playbook mm. for example which you know sets a model of what you know, the government are looking for in their supply chain, you know, they, you've got centrally procured projects um, that are being funded. You've got the whole sort of change in perspective about procuring for value and not just about the lowest price, about sustainability and the very real targets that we've got for net zero and, you know, how we were going to achieve that. But how are you going to help your clients achieve that? So if you know what your clients want, what's important to them, then you think about, so how can I actually deliver that? How can I set my business up to deliver that? What do I need to learn? What do I need to know? Like, what knowledge do I need to have? How can I do that? Um, That's what's going to set you apart from your competition. It's that like, well, you buy from us because we're quality. Mm -hmm. You know, we care about what we do. We care about quality. We care about health and safety. We care about our people. We care about customer experience. Um, we want to give value. Like you buy from us, and we'll support you in achieving your goals as well. You yeah. Know? I I could not agree more with with what you've just said, and um, that that why is so often forgotten um and i see that even in even in myself and i'm I'm going personally through a similar process of you know head out of the weeds because it's so easy to get lost in in tasks that it when you come out and reflect on them and and look and consider them properly how much value do they actually add what Mm. i found is you know unless you're focusing on the right things not not a lot you're just you're busying yourself with things to to be busy um but yeah, that that why question. I mean, I, there's a there's a good um, a, a good book by a guy called Simon Sinek called Start with Why. I'm sure you read it as well. Um, yeah, yeah, and I would encourage anybody to to go and read that. And it just gives you some some real perspective. And you know, everything's fast nowadays, isn't it? I mean, the, you know, the dawn of five G, and everybody gets annoyed when a web page doesn't load after 0.6 of a second. Um, and sometimes that more often than not even taking that time to to pause and reflect on what's actually important and taking the time to understand that like you say the needs of the customer um is is just paramount um so yeah it's the most important thing you could do like if you think if doing some analysis and giving yourself time to work on your business is the most important thing and also um you know if if people have got like is it 18 minutes or 19 minutes that a TED talk takes? Like definitely put, maybe put a link into the Simon yeah, Sinek cool. TED talk. Um, because, you know, it, the whole concept is people don't buy what you do. They buy 
why you do it. And and when people are buying, it's that emotional connection. Like, um, and if you're not giving them an emotional connection, then they don't have anything else to make a decision on other than, well, they're the cheapest. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, investing in your brand, investing in your business, tapping into your purpose. You know, I remember doing some research. I did I did a, a guest lecture for a university and um and it was about like growth and 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 all of that and and I remember like researching and doing loads of research and looking on people's websites and thought bloody hell these are really boring <laughs> like if you look at people's websites and that's meant to be their shop window yeah. it's like we are a global consultancy we build x y and z we are great and it's like oh god I'm asleep <laughs> yeah. you know like that doesn't compel me at all. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I, I get you know. Speaking from from the marketing point of view, brand is is so um, so vital, and it's, I, I don't think your opinions on Jeff Bezos aside, um, there's never been a better way of, of putting it. And it's what people say when you're out when you're out of the room, and it's so true. I mean, you know, if you're looking at buying some a t shirt and it's Nike versus Adidas, which one are you going to pick? But then why? Again, it comes back to that question of why. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And also, I think the other thing is, is um, like I'm doing a group coaching program at the minute with some SMEs and micro businesses, and we've been looking at mindset. And, and I've got them to think about the one thing. So the concept of the one thing. So like if they think about where they want to be in 12 months time, what is the one thing? that they want to do what is the one thing that is going to make the biggest impact and start to focus on that because I think you can just get so much overwhelm you know when you when you're running a business and think well where do I go first and then you just end up in the weeds fighting fires all the time Mm. and that's your constant mode and you're not really working towards that that goal and that bigger picture so if you fast forward 12 months time and think um what is the one thing that I want to do and sort of work backwards yes. so that you're actually thinking, okay, so if I work backwards in six months time, what does that look like in three months time, in one month's time, in a week's mm-hmm. time. And then you start to connect more with, um, with that goal because you're bringing it into the now. So I think um, there is a great book I'd recommend as well called the one thing. Okay. Um, the author talks about goal setting in the now, and that's about taking a goal that is, you know, 12 months down the line and working backwards to bring it into now and thinking, right, what can I do this week? What can I do today? That's going to start to get me closer to that. But another question that we've been looking at is, who do I need to be to get there? Like, as a person, Mm. as a business owner, who do I need to be? As a business, who do I need to be? And we've talked about the importance of like setting standards in your business as well. So like, that business 12 months down the line, what standards do they have and how can you start to build up to those standards? How can you start to bring that in incrementally? So rather than like jumping to jumping up a set staircase, you know, to number 10, like how do you just get to the next level, you know, breaking that down? Mm. So, you know, I just say that in the environment that we're in with what we're going to be facing in the next 12 months, which a lot of it is uncertain, do whatever you can to take control of your situation is what I would say. Fabulous. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Okay. 
Well, I think I've I've got um just I've got a couple more questions. Um, but the one to to kind of, of wrap up this um this initial discussion is what one key change could we make as an industry for the benefit of everybody involved? No pressure. Um, I think it's something that we need to look at collectively. Um, I think it is looking at the model of the industry and and doing things differently from a a contract from a risk perspective. I think clients, you know, have to play their part and set realistic expectations for what they can achieve. Contractors need to look inwardly and they need to look at what their drivers are and and how they're buying okay as well but also i think they need to look at i think a lot of the challenge that we've got as well is a lot of people don't like a lot of contractors for example people working in their business have got no idea what it's like to run a business mm. and they don't understand it so that they're asking things that have a massive impact on a business and they don't understand what that impact is so like they're asking for stuff that really they shouldn't be asking for but they feel under pressure to ask those questions because they're being driven commercially so they're obviously driving other people commercially but they don't understand the consequences and the impact of what they're asking because they've never run a business before and they're not in that mindset so I think trying to see things from other people's perspectives is really important. And I think taking back control of, you know, of what you can. So I know it's it's not just one thing, but I think it is that understanding. Yeah. It's that understanding of different people's perspectives um, and having the confidence and the courage to push back and say no. But you need you need to do the work to be able to push back. Like you need to know your numbers, you need to know your why, you need to know why you're pushing back. You've got to do that work as a business owner. That is super important. Lovely. Thank you very much. Great answer. Okay. Um, well, th th this last question is more about something that, uh, in fact, it's the it's how uh, we got to, to talking initially, which is this, uh, the initiative uh, the innovation driven procurement initiative which has been set up by your, yeah. by yourself um i think it'd be good for people just to understand what this is and what the you know what what the drivers were behind it why you've decided to to, to introduce this okay so this project actually came about it was um it was nottingham trent university and and morgan sindel who bid for some funding from the citb a few years ago um and I think Morgan Sindel and I think the university, they'd done some research and I think they were just understanding um, the supply chain and, you know, starting to look at collaboration, that importance. And also, like really wanting to involve the supply chain and the, the supply network and, and business owners in, in innovation and how things could be done differently, mm. um, you know, that, that could really add to the process because... We talk a lot in the industry about collaboration. We talk a lot about innovation, but I think a lot of the SMEs and the micro businesses are being left behind yeah. because they need that support to actually be able to to do mm. it. You know, 
Um, so the, what, what they wanted to do with this project was get some funding and create an environment for people to actually do it. So what they did was um, they got the funding and they started delivering training on site, first of all, around collaborative behaviours, collaborative design, collaborative risk, and also like innovation and value. Mm. So they wanted to get people to, to really start to think about, okay, so how do we how do we work together? How do we support each other? Um, how do we start to understand people more and their behaviours? And also, what can I do as a business to to do things differently? Like, what are my challenges? Like, where are things going wrong? Like, giving them that space to think, okay, then I could do something different here. So that was all kind of happening on site. Um, but then we had the pandemic. Yep. And that all kind of, you know, came to a standstill and now that's all coming back but what what's happening now is it's it's all being opened up online and that's where I came in um so so I'm now a delivery partner for the innovation driven procurement project and it is about finding SME and micro business owners who first of all to help them identify where things what is frustrating them in their business right now? Mm. So we do like a, a, an innovation workshop to say, right, what, what's frustrating you? Um, you know, not what what's not going very well on site at the moment. Uh, just really getting them to to answer these questions and think, okay, so where do you need to focus on in your business? Um, and this could be around per- performance improvement. It could be around. Um, opportunities so winning more work it could be around um resources you know it's just getting to people get people to think about their business and what they can do differently that's going to impact on profitability it's going to impact on performance it's going to impact on efficiency like all of the things that we're asking them to do it's actually giving them support to actually do it um so you know at the moment we're looking for 40 innovation champions so 40 business owners and it's all fully funded mm-hmm. um we're getting up to 20 now so we still have spaces available and you know we're doing projects around um improving efficiency um managing performance so i did a, a session with a business yesterday who actually directly employs people um they're really struggling with performance management so we're going to be getting an, a mentor in to work with them to sort of put like a process in place to help them improve performance in their business mm-hmm. um we're looking for for businesses who might want to put a sustainability strategy in place which obviously links with you know the sustainability um requirements that their contractors like their sort of clients might have uh, we're looking for people who might want to improve health and safety, for example. Um, we're looking for people who might want to improve equality, diversity and inclusion in their business mm-hmm. as well. We're looking for people who might want to get on more framework so they could get support in how do they you know, get the structure in place to be able to successfully apply for bids and get on frameworks. Um so there's, there's quite a lot of different areas and a lot of it is linked with things like the construction playbook. Um, but it's getting people to think about how they can improve their business and that will improve their results, but giving them the support. So they get to work with me, they get to work with a mentor 
but also there's an online community that they can get involved with and there's free training available so the courses that were being given face to face by the university are now being delivered online and it's going to be launched in in an app on the 1st of February Brilliant. so there's free training that's available to get people to start thinking about what collaboration actually means and how they can start to bring that into their business and their work on site so and we're going to leave a legacy because it's all online like all of the innovations that we're doing like we're going to be leaving a legacy for people to be able to have resources to tap into to learn from what other people have done and we're also going to be doing some masterclasses as well so we've got a series of masterclasses that are that are coming up with some of the mentors so it's a really exciting project and it's a great opportunity for us to kind of like come up with some solutions for the key challenges that lots and lots of businesses have but they might not necessarily know because they're working in silos so I'm really excited to be delivering this and I would encourage anybody um listening to this podcast if you're in the supply network if you're SME micro business owner get involved basically brilliant I mean it's um obviously we've we've gotten involved and I I can attest 100% that I went into my first conversation with you almost like a deer in headlights I, I, I don't know but then you know you, you've you've teased some some information out um and now we've we've landed on uh, an innovation project which is absolutely essential to our business and um you know our, our managing director is, is absolutely on board with it as well so um it, it's it's a definitely um something to um to consider and it's it's almost in fact it is from, from my perspective anyway this program is the embodiment uh, or trying to address all of the things that you were talking about um, earlier on, you know, focusing on the right yeah. things. So yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And we, we'll put a link to this um, along with, uh, along with the, the video and the, and the audio when it goes out. Um, yeah. But yeah, but Maria, I, I really, really um, am grateful for you, for you coming on and, and, um, and talking to me. I, I hope there's um, some, some, great information in there, some great insights for, for people at every level of the supply chain to, uh, to take something away from and, and start to ask themselves why. <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, maybe start to think about things a little differently. Um, where can people find you, Maria? How can they get, it, how can they get it in touch with you? Yeah, so I'm um, constructioncoach.co.uk. Um, so yeah, come and have a look. I mean, I've got a podcast as well called The Construction Revolution. Yep. Um, which brings in different ideas and perspectives as well. So if people want to start to think a bit differently, there's one on purpose, for example, that people might find useful to listen to and one on standards as well. So, you know, there's a few different ones in there. Um, so, yeah, and just drop drop me a message. Connect with me on LinkedIn as well. I'd love to have some conversations. Lovely. OK, well, we're, again, we'll put all the uh, we'll put all the links below, plus the uh, links to those couple of books and the and the TED talk that we mentioned as well. Um, Maria? been an absolute pleasure really enjoyed that thank you so much for coming on thanks a lot for asking me and I think it's great what you're doing it's really different and you know I think it's it's really important to to share information to open up and, and have conversations and things like that so well done for what you're doing as well oh, thank you very much well you know hopefully we um hopefully we'll start to open up some even more conversations at even higher levels we'll see that's the plan anyway uh yeah we'll see where we go we'll set a 12-month target and then go from there yeah there you go <laughs> awesome lovely maria thank you very much and uh thank you yeah, thanks again for coming on